once again. What is going on? It's Top of the Dude Chain Podcast. On this nice day, actually, in the middle of January. Yeah, January hasn't been bad. No, not at all. Windy. Kind of got cold a couple times. But usually if January is nice, February and March are are boogers. Yeah. I prefer the cold weather. I like my seasons to be distinct. Yeah. I like a little blend into each other, but I like them to be distinct. It does does make it hard because, uh, you know, you're trying to acclimate to the weather. Yeah. And it's hard to do that when it changes as often as it changes. But Yeah, flu season is among us. Just kind of keep like five different clothes items <clears throat> in your vehicle at all times. You just never know what you're gonna need. Yeah, layer for sure. Keep it layered. Of course, you know our, you know what I, our our building where I work at can't mm-hmm. figure out how to use a thermostat. I guess because if it starts off cold, then by you know, and then the temperature goes up, air conditioner will never come on. So you're just sitting there with the yeah. heat blowing on you when it's 75 outside. Yeah. So, okay, uh, working outdoors like we do, um, it's not typical construction. You know what I mean? Because we, uh, we'll we be on a construction site surveying sometimes, but sometimes we're just kind of out in before it's been developed. So we're kind of just going through a pasture or through the woods or something like that. Right. But anyways, we come across all kinds of conditions, man, every kind of condition. And you'll see that uh, once people start doing it and they start realizing kind of what they need and, and everything – some guys kind of gravitate towards uh like the hiking gear They're like oh yeah you know I, I buy a lot of stuff off you know rei during their sales or something like that i right. worked for the guy that that's what he did and uh you know he said yeah it's great for surveying you know because we have to work in all these elements you know and everything and then you know you see other guys they're like they you know like me personally you know i, I would always do like the carhartt kind of stuff because i'm like well it's durable and you know it's good and then uh you know just different people do different things but what i'm finding out the guys that have it figured out are the hunters hunting gear is what you want man it's oh yeah because it's made for i mean people go hunt you know when it's rainy they go or they go fishing when it's rainy so honestly it's your fishing and hunting gear here's the problem though that stuff is premium man it is it is expensive posh market dude but uh i got i i go to the uh the jimmy wade resale store so <laughs> I got dad's hand me down <laughs> hunting gear whenever uh whenever he decides he needs something different I I just take the old hand me down. I've been doing that for years since yeah. since basically the beginning. So There you go. <laughs> there you go. What? So but we were talking I'm, I'm better than I used to be though. Now I ask Jimmy Wade. Used to I just <laughs> as a kid you just kind of take his stuff and ruin yeah. it. <laughs> I owe him a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many pairs of clothes my daughter's of my wife's that my daughter's ruined oh yeah yeah well you know the grunge phase that came through oh dad's old flannel shirts were perfect you know so when yeah. i was in middle school i didn't go to the store i went to jimmy wade's closet and i did not ask i just started grabbing like the oh. faded shirts and looking back on it now you know i'm like man he tolerated all that mess you yeah, know that, that, i'm like hey, yeah. that's gonna be a difficult thing now, for i me say to- he tolerated it mom made him talk i'm just more than likely you go in my closet and take some of my clothes i'm gonna be angry well not many people in your house are gonna be taking your clothes just saying if if they get if if the boy gets to that point where he can wear my clothes and he comes out wearing my brooks brothers tie i'm gonna be a little upset that thing will be super out of style it's already been out of style 
Anyway. <laughs> no. Hey, speaking of style. Yeah. We were talking about, you know, college uniforms. Yeah. You know, in the discussion on Twitter right now, how, you know, people need to get different types of alternative uniforms and all that. And Yeah. Yeah. Reason. Like like Alabama, Texas, and OU need to go the right. route of Oregon and OSU and, right. and uh, Maryland. A&M, A&M Maryland. And, oh, has A&M done that as well? Oh, yeah. And see, A&M shouldn't have. They honestly had classic jerseys. They mm-hmm. should have. They should have kept them. All right. But, but in typical A&M fashion, they they're gimmick. going to do the wrong but thing. But they need a gimmick. Yeah. Anyway, and so uh, Del Conte, who's the AD at Texas, basically said Texas didn't change anything. The tradition right? is, is part of what makes it cool. Yeah. Burn and orange. Then, and then someone put in there, hey. You, it's you know, ugly, but they've been doing it forever, so it's their uh, color. That's a beautiful color, man. Nice autumn color. That's <laughs> the way it's supposed to be. Anyway. It is baby, dude. And what did it say? <laughs> it said burn orange at home and, and, and icy, icy whites white on, on the, the road. road. Boy. Dude, that's, it's a classic look, but. <laughs> anyway, so someone made the point that you keep you keep with the gimmicks, we'll keep with winning and getting our recruits by winning. You keep with the gimmicks, trying to get your recruits. Yeah, and mm. it makes a it makes a good point in the BCS era. Yeah, here are all the teams that have won, starting in '98, Tennessee, mm-hmm. same uniform. Oh yeah, Florida State. Which in Tennessee, I will say that I don't know how much difference there is between their orange and Texas's orange, but if I had to pick an uglier one, I think Tennessee may win. Yeah. Because it looks like a faded Texas orange. Mm. Yeah, we're the real QT, by the way. Uh, Florida State, yeah. same uniforms. Yeah. The Oklahoma, Nulls. Miami. Yeah. I don't. They really haven't gone gimmick. They may have an alternative, but I know they have three uniforms. They have green, orange, and white. Yeah. But it's been like that for a long time. Probably more so time. than the others, but yeah, Miami's stayed the same for a long time. But it's been like that for a long time, though. Yeah. Ohio They're, State. Yeah, I mean they they have an alternate uniform, but nothing, nothing, nothing Oregon Duckish where you got seven thousand combinations. No, there's like you know like we we're saying you know the OSU Cowboys, the Oregon Ducks, the Maryland Terrapins, you know, yeah. uh, those those are the ones who really like they never have the same jersey. On. LSU, <clears throat> LSU, yeah, same USC, same Texas, same Florida, same LSU, Florida, Bama, Auburn. So, in other words, the handful of schools that are out there doing gimmicks and putting Clemson. diamond plate on their helmets, it's not getting them anywhere. Clemson, same. Yeah. They've they looked like that forever. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, none of them have. Oregon made it to the national championship once. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, it's. Well, you know, okay, so. The thing is, is like, like A&M doing it. Uh-huh. You shouldn't. You're looking at a, a school that, like, salivates at its tradition. Yeah. Like, so dedicated tradition to tradition they lose yeah they their 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 tradition is losing and they continue to do it even though they move to the SEC yeah i mean that's how committed they are so it it, it boggles my mind that they're going to sit there and try and gimmick it, it just comes it, off thirsty yeah that's a good way to say it's just it just thirsty yeah yeah, no. Like, like, get your identity in And see, and I had an issue with it because, you know, granted, you know, I remember when I went to OSU thinking, you know, like, all right, you know, like, of all my favorite colors, you know, blaze orange was not one of them. You know, I wore it for hunting and whatever, but, you know, their colors were blaze orange and white and, and, and black occasionally. So it was like black, white, and burn orange, or, or and, and orange, blaze orange. I didn't love it, but at the same time, I'm like, but but that's the school, you know. That's our deal, you know. And yeah. and you learn to love those colors. And I was there about the time they started deciding to rebrand. 
And by rebrand, like they literally made their OSU a brand. They made it look like a brand with yeah. flames coming off of it. And that's when they started doing all this stuff. And man, I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know that it made you cooler. It, it it made it look like you're trying to be cooler, but I don't know that it actually made you cooler. It's kind of like these guys that walk around and they've got like buttons on their back pockets. Uh, your your back pocket, your your blue jeans should not have a snap that snaps it shut. All right, it shouldn't have or jewels. It shouldn't have jewels. It shouldn't have <laughs> it shouldn't have faux stitching, yeah. you know, or anything like that. Uh, that that's that's a caricature of where we're from. That is that is not what country is. That is what you know. People who are who are just caught up in the moment are are into. It's like in the in the seventies and stuff. You know, Burt Reynolds could wear a cowboy hat with a tuft of feathers in the front and look cool, but he's Burt Reynolds. All these other clowns who did it just looked dumb. <laughs> and a lot of clowns did it. Uh, I, I'm not for it. I, I'm for I'm. But look at me. I've been wearing the same kind of clothes since I was a kid. I'm boring. So maybe I'm not the guy. So, you know, speaking don't take of, what I say to heart. Speaking of clowns, I was at my son's wrestling tournament yesterday. And the mullet is strong among the Ooh. adolescent wrestling community. You know why? Because the kids, their dads are telling them it's cool and they're not old yeah. enough to, to say anything. And different. props to those kids, like, rolling Wear with what it. that says, because my son wouldn't grow one. Yeah. Even though he doesn't trust me. Well, he, he does the mohawk, though, and that's really just another kind of yeah. mullet-style haircut. That's true. But anyway, dude. That's, that's, a dad, that's a dad living through his child, wishing he could pull off being cool. Yeah, I mean, that, that's I wish I could have a mohawk. I, could, I wish I could go back in time and just have a mohawk for a while. <laughs> well, you just wish people didn't, didn't judge you on what you look well, like. Well, it didn't matter. Now, if I come in with a mohawk, Your wife you know, is it's got repercussions irate. to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's like when I shaved the handlebar mustache, uh, man. You know, the wife just in all her uncoolness was completely uncool about it. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Anyway, so there's a, there's this there's a, there's a redheaded kid, a little ginger with a mullet, which like second best mullet. Yeah. First mullet was this little blonde headed kid, stocky blonde headed kid. Now the redheaded kid, it was frizzy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's now, the best. Yeah, it was, dude. That's the best. I I got a I got a picture in my mind of a guy I grew I up with. It to you. Well, I've got a picture in my mind of a guy I grew up with that, um, you know, everybody just called him Red because he had he had red hair, but he had a sweet burr haircut, but with a mullet in the back, and uh, and yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is like this. Uh, that was the second best mullet. That redheaded one was the second best mullet. This blonde headed kid, short, stocky. Like I said, two guard on the side, started up high. Mm-hmm. Went down six inches below his back or whatever, and it frizzed like yeah. like a crimp, like a crinkly fry. That's what it looked like, dude. I bet he is. I bet his mom used a crimper on it. Yeah, I would. Whatever I would it was, bet. Props to that kid. Here's the thing, though. Younger, about my son's age, eight years old. Yeah, right. This one kid had to be like twelve, something like that. Yeah. That while he's walking, the kid with the mullet's walking down the stairs. This happens right next to me. Walking down the stairs. Walking up the stairs is this this older kid who you could tell, like, he goes, I think I'm going to grow a mullet. As he's walking up the stairs, passes the kid who has a mullet and goes, hey, man, what do you think? You think I should get a mullet? And that kid just looked and went, no, and just walked off. And I was sitting there, like, and the kid goes, the dude just bumped, you know, like, yeah. 
just sitting there like with this befuddled look on his <clears> face like he goes I'm gonna grow a mullet anyway and I'm like thinking to myself like that kid right there knew you couldn't handle a mullet well and that's the thing that I mean there, there has to be for I that could, kid the mullet he he was the mullet the mullet was him exactly. it, it was his style for for these other clowns it's a costume yeah it's a costume and that's what I'm saying this pretending kid, to be cool this kid's demeanor was yeah. mullet yeah it's straight up some people they got that thirsty mullet and i'm just sitting there. other people they got that real <laughs> i'm sitting mullet. there thinking to myself i want to tell this kid so bad like you can't handle like that's the thing what you're going to do yeah. is you're going to cut your hair in a mullet you're going to go to school someone's going to laugh at it you're not going to be able to pull it off you're going to play gonna it sh- off and you're going to shave it off the next next week or whatever and yeah. that's it that kid right or there, he's or he's going to just try to will it to be and he's going to keep wearing it but be uncomfortable and awkward mm-hmm. every yeah. time he's going to catch glimpses himself in the mirror and yeah and all that they and let like that's probably that same kid that i was telling y'all about that um you know he had the sweet mullet and he uh he had the cat he had the b- baseball cap in his school pictures on said old son and uh yeah then he had that t-shirt on that said riding bulls and punching fools that's that's the dude that can wear a mullet and it's not a costume and i guarantee that mike gundy's mullet straight up costume you're right but it's i'm telling costume. you telling you that that blonde-headed kid yeah has jeans with a dip can imprint on the back of them. <laughs> <laughs> May not even dip. Yeah. Just has yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just puts the dip can in the yeah. back just and, to and get that, other that kid, imprint. And that other kid that is wanting a mullet probably has some like raspberry skull pouches that almost make him barf every time he puts right. one in his lip. So yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, man. It, there's, it, a, there's a difference when you see a real one and when you see just that thirsty oh, you dude can tell trying who's to supposed to have one. Yeah. I had a mullet for years, man. It doesn't yeah. fit me. See, and I can't grow one. Uh, my mom scarred me with this uh, hairline in the back. It does not go down. Like once it gets a certain length, it just starts crawling right back up my head. All right, <laughs> just terrible. Yeah, I had one. So you know that you know that hairdo that uh, that almost every old lady gets at a certain age, where it's like it's kind of short in the back and it's real curly on top, and yeah. they just kind of puffed out. That is my natural haircut. I grew my hair out in college, and my cousin Mark said I looked like I stole one of my grandma Margie's wigs. <laughs> Dude, you should rock that. <laughs> oh, I, I thought I looked like Bob Dylan. Apparently, I looked like I was wearing my grandma's wig. So, dude, people and the kids. I'm are not doing as cool it. as I tried to be. Dude, the kids are going to perms now. Have you seen that? They shave the sides and then perm the top of their head. <laughs> and like I said, for some kid, it worked, and then a bunch of others did it. But that's a Jordan McIntyre man. Mahomes. Like that's straight up the new kids on the block. Oh, I was look. like, who? <laughs> I should have known that, He's though. He's got a perm, doesn't he? Who? Patrick Mahomes. That's where they're getting it. Yeah. They're doing it for that, but it's like, dude, you're just doing what, you, you know, the new kids. I mean, new kids on the block, that's essentially what. Yeah. Well, all style comes back around. It does. Bell Bottom. Yeah, man, it's only been 20 years. Bell Bottoms made a, yeah, made a run at it like it two years ago. Generally, kids do what their parents did when they were their age. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's why when, when people, when we were kids, you saw a lot of people trying to go back to that 1960s fashion. Uh-huh. Uh, and then whenever, you know, the next generation came, it was the 70s fashion. Then the 80s, and now it's the 90s, man. It's just... Then, then the boy's going to grow, grow the fro you're out. You're just older than you realize. I'm just saying the boy's going to grow a fro out and, and look like Wreck-It Ralph, baby. <laughs> like Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> or Nacho Libre if he wants the mustache. <laughs> That's what I got called when I had my, my fro. Yeah. If I didn't yeah, have the Your mu- hair is curly like mine. It, yeah. Well, if, mine might be... See, yours is curly. I also suffer from uh, like dry, just dry skin, dry hair, dry everything. 
So I'm shampoo just unmanageable, man. Shampoo too much. I don't even shower that often, so I can't be shampooing too much. No. Well, that's part of it. You got to rinse out the I'm, dirt. I'm hygienically gross, man. I don't I don't shower unless I have to. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. If I had the mustache, it was Rick <laughs> Ralph. If I did, <laughs> anyway. it's not to leave her. Little little TMI. Yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. summer, I shower pretty regular. In the winter. Not me, man. Tend to skip. Dude, I shower like three times a day. I'm not yeah. a sweaty guy, though. Y'all probably sweat. See, two I don't. Three I, times I barely sweat. Before at work, all. after work, after gym. Yeah, see, I don't do all those things. Dude, I used to shower before football games. Mm hmm. Like, are you going to get dirty? I'm like, don't understand, man. You do not understand. Yeah. To each their own. Yeah. So. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, it looks like it's going to be 49ers Chief Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Who's uh, who's your pick? I I mean, I get that the Chiefs can score like a hundred. I'm gonna tell you who I want to win. But I mean, I don't I like want, I don't like a team with a suspect defense ever. I want the Chiefs to win. Yeah, I want Andy Reid to get the monkey off his back. I think I agree. I think that's who I. I'm, I'd I would on it. I I would say that if I had to pick a my favorite head coach, Andy Reid probably be that guy. After reading yeah. that article about him. Yeah. Kind of just understand where he came from. Yeah. No, I'm down. I think Shanahan's a good coach. Yeah. Texas player. Played yeah. uh, football at and Texas. And I enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes. I like that kid, yeah. man. He's good. So, but Guapolo yeah. is doing well. Yeah. Uh, is that how you say it? No. No. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're not going to press Tom you Tom Brady's back up. I think that's just what everybody knows yeah. him as. Well, and that's the thing, too. Robert Kraft, uh, the old skis bucket, um, let him go to keep Tom Brady around. When yeah. You had your next franchise quarterback because he, he, he's playing well. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, who cares? Speaking of uh, championships, though, have y'all heard? Have y'all been paying attention to what's happening with the Astros? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah. So the dude was like, hey, man, you know, we're cheating. <laughs> Is that kind of how it went down? That's <laughs> not how it went down. They're che- <laughs> they cheated. Because the guy blew the whistle, didn't he? Well, the guy found it on. In, in like Grand- one of their own players. No, 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 no. Well, I don't know if that's recent. No, this was someone's niece. That's what it was. Supposedly, Carlos Beltran's niece exposed him. Here's Uh what started it. I think it was a disgruntled Yankees fan Mm -hmm. who was watching to uh, – because essentially we had – I forgot what game it was. We had – it may have been game six of uh, the champion – of the – series between uh the Yankees and Astros to go to the World Series. Mike Fears or how do you say it? F I E R S, a pitcher who played for the Astros in two thousand seventeen, told the Atlantic that the Astros used a video camera in center field to steal opposing team signs. As a result, the Astros were fined five million and forfeited their first and second round picks in the twenty twenty, twenty twenty one drafts. Right. Okay. That came out after all this. Okay. Alex Bregman denies Astros buzzer ploy. He's lying. Okay. But here's what happened. Game six, we have Chapman who throws <laughs> high 90s, low 100s consistently. And they hit a a walk-off home run off one of his sliders, right? Chapman's virtually impossible to hit because he throws what? it so fast. Yeah. Well, what happens, the guys start watching the film because there's rumors that the Astros cheated and they realize what happened is is, is when the off-speed pitch, off off pitch was given, you heard a thump, 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 which but, was them hitting a trash can. Yeah. And so they, start, so they posted it all over Twitter. And then that started investigations. 
in my opinion, though, I mean, is that cheating or is that not yes. just that? I don't know, man. Places, Maybe no. that could just be like a like a part of the game. Placing camera there now. Now, I don't I don't consider it cheating, but stealing pitches is is a part of the game. There's a there's there's a difficulty to it though because you first off you have to figure out what the pitches are because they all change the signals. Second off, yeah, you have to get someone on second base who can see it. And then on top of that, you've got to you've got to create a way of communicating with the batter. Is there an explicit rule against it? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. They just suspend. Uh, you can't. You what they were doing is they were. Well, playing. what I'm getting at is if there is an explicit rule against it, then it's yes, they're, it's without a doubt cheating. They were placing. Or if there's not an explicit rule against it, then it's not cheating until you make a rule against it. That's all I'm yes, getting. You at. can't use cameras. Because yeah. what supposedly you can't use cameras because you've hit mine twice now. <laughs> I know. Supposedly, what the Red Sox used to do is have somebody in in the outfield with binoculars stealing signs and sending a message down. I have below. trouble believe it hasn't been going on since like eighteen hundred. Well, but you have to you have to be creative about it. Yeah, like but Montgomery the, Burns probably invented well, here's, here's, stealing signs. Here's from the, the issue: the issue is the, the Red Sox would would look at it with binoculars. Yeah, do something, and then there was a light on the scoreboard and they would turn that light on if there's an off speed pitch off speed pitch. Yeah. They figured it out and they said you can't do it anymore. Hey, and and maybe the other team needs to figure out how to catch if someone's stealing your sign. And well, but that's the thing is now you can get someone in, and that's the thing. You kinda have to be creative in how you do it. Yeah. That's kind of what makes baseball interesting, man. I agree. The problem is is you shouldn't be able to just to post a camera on the catcher's crotch <laughs> and then just straight up stick a buzzer on somebody's it is, chest. It is 2020, man. Get with the times. I'm just saying, that's where the issue is. Maybe, maybe the, here's the best part. Maybe the, they just need to, you know, come up with better ways of not letting their signs get stolen. Here's the best part, though. The best part is now tip pitching, like figuring out the tendency of the pitcher and, and figuring out what's coming, mm -hmm. completely different. Yeah, uh, and that's why the video rooms for video rooms to go down, look, and try and figure out what the pitcher does on a certain pitch, so that when he does that, you know, he grits his teeth or blinks twice or whatever, yeah. then you know the changeups coming and you can sit on it. The issue is, is, is they were so smug about it, like, oh, we didn't do that, yeah, you know, and it's like, no, you did, like, yeah. you know, my things just kind of be like. Yeah, I'm surprised you guys aren't doing it. Yeah, <laughs> hey. yeah. So, so? <laughs> big time though. Got the managers, got you know, managers from three that, separate that's, teams. That's where fired. when you just defend yourself, and they're like, "So you know, you got busted doing this, 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 and this." I'm like, "Oops, she ain't, <laughs> ain't cheating. You ain't I mean, trying." I mean, that's a, sometimes that's a good enough answer. Dude, my, dude, I had a buddy in college used to uh, used to say, "Better to cheat than to repeat." <laughs> He was, he was talking more about tests and classes, but he's like, better to cheat than to repeat. <laughs> oh, but, man, I don't know. I, I really um, uh, I can't have an opinion on it because I don't have that love for baseball. Uh, people that love baseball, it is uh, it is totally different, man. Well, I, and, like again, Even a casual fan doesn't get like what a true baseball fan yeah, loves about the, the people who right. – who like really get that that feeling from the game is totally different. The unwritten rules, cheating is is right. tolerated if you're doing it in the right way type yeah. thing. You know. Yeah, th there's a guy. He's not very well known probably to uh, most people, but um, in kind of the uh, sing the kind of the songwriting circles around Oklahoma and Texas, a guy named Tom Skinner, uh, real popular, uh -huh. uh, real likable guy. I think was his biggest thing was just people were like you know Tom was you know one of the best guys ever. 
Um, one thing about him, I, I think he's the one that wrote it, but I had a, a song called, you know, I, you know, I love this game or something, you know, it just kind of talks about, you know, how much he loved baseball and what he loved about it and everything. And, uh, it's just, it's different for people who love it. So, you know, I'm one of those people I can take it or leave it, man. So I try not to trash it too much. Uh, I love it live. I, I just, I, I never got into it at that level. I love it live. I do love going to the ballpark. I do yeah. love that, but I think I love it for just the, same thing about going to the movies. Like, even if it's not a great movie, I still like going to the theater and going to the movies. I'm, it's still not that same kind of love. It's different for me. I could like football. Like, I don't understand the game. I, that's that's the thing. I don't really understand the game. Yeah, I'm you not, know, my brother. When you a, start thinking about pitching and you start thinking multiple games ahead and like yeah, what see. you've got to do, and it, it's a it's kind of like appreciating NASCAR until you can appreciate the subtlety of the movements that they make to get ahead while yeah. going high speeds. You know, it, it it's the slightest it's the slightest of adjustments, but you're doing those slight adjustments while also barreling around a track at 200 miles per hour. You know, uh, you just you learn to appreciate it when you fully understand it, and and then it makes more sense yeah. to you, and and you start to have a love for it. And I like the strategy. I what I love about That's why it, I like football. It's just bang bang. What I love about it is is the math. Like I mean, they're just yeah. You know, like for example, the pitcher's mound. Yeah. From the plate. The reason they chose that distance is because they they went to a, a le- legitimately went to a scientist and figured out the human body, like the perfect human body, specimen of the human body can throw a fastball how fast. Yeah. Excellent. And it's 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 weight. We haven't even got close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh and then the perfect batter can react how fast. Like the perfect specimen, what's the what's the fastest they could possibly react to start moving the bat? And it's this. Mm-hmm. And so essentially they separated the batter and the pitcher to where if the the pitcher, the best possible fastball you could ever throw out there versus the best reaction time, you would always have a draw. Like, you know what I mean? Does that I've make sense? I've never heard of that. Yeah. It, I mean, essentially that's, that's how they figured out the distance in the mound. Yeah. And so... I like stuff like that, you yeah. know. But I don't. I'm my brother's a huge fan. Like he's talking like the war, the the WAR statistic, which is essentially you know how many points you score versus how many points they don't score in a game and all that. Like mm-hmm. Mike Trout's got this huge one, so he's basically getting everybody out and making all the points. Yeah. But I don't. I don't get into that. Baseball man, I'll watch essentially the Yankees, and that's yeah. it. I don't care about well, baseball if the Yankees aren't playing, but in football, I'll watch any football on TV. I think I think what I think what uh, the people that I've talked to, I think what they love about it is um, they understand pitching, yeah. and it's it's one pitcher against one batter, and it is a one on one battle of two people trying to uh, to duel each other basically. Yeah, it's a chess match. And then as soon as. <clears throat> That bat makes contact, or you have to walk somebody, or you hit somebody, whatever. It becomes a team sport. And that team can save that pitcher. You know, a guy can pitch a perfect game because his field takes care of him right. and everything. And just the relationship of all those all those pieces and how each each batter has also got a position in the field and all that stuff, all that working together, you know, it just makes it fantastic because what it comes down to is you're you're looking at this duel between this this pitcher and this batter, and this this team can help this guy, 
you know yeah. you know they they can help but well, the in the, but in the end it's this pitcher versus this batter and that's the thing. and they're trying to break each other down and it is a straight up duel and I, I think that's what i think that's what gets people on pins and needles and then what makes them love it is when something happens and it breaks that you know it, it breaks that into where it becomes all of a sudden a team sport or all of a sudden you know like oh man you know a guy hits it hits a home run or you know you got to figure out your pitching because i mean it, it's just you know it's these subtle adjustments it's these tiny adjustments that you're making these little tiny things you do that make the difference you know it's a split second um, of a guy getting on base versus getting thrown out um, and just how all that works together you know people fall in love with it for that reason because they fully understand what's going on the whole time it's happening where someone like me is watching it and just getting bored because I'm not getting that experience but from that duel because I don't get it good enough. Well, the other thing, too, is underdog. Yeah. I mean, a batter, if a batter's successful 30% of the time, he's considered a superstar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, it, but at the same time, you look at the pitching aspect of it, then like, it's almost like gambling. It's like the excitement of gambling. Like, like am I going to roll a seven? That's the thing. You've <laughs> got to be like if you've got to be good ninety percent of the time because yeah. that one ten percent could could you know could yeah. kill you. So yeah, because it, it, it's the smallest. It's the smallest margin of error. Like you can't make any slip up, any little bit of imperfection on that pitch or on that swing or on anything, completely changes well, it's the, the outcome. Head game too. Yeah. Look at Steve and it, it is a total head Steve Sachs couldn't make a throw so. from second to first. I'm starting to think maybe I like baseball more than I realized. Mm, I just that's what I'm don't but, have the patience. But for that's it. the thing. The other thing too <laughs> is is if a batter gets a good hit on a pitcher, yeah, it could be a complete fluke. But it gets in the pitcher's head, and he starts double. He starts second guessing what he's going to throw. Yeah, becomes predictable, and next thing you know, man, it opens up the floodgates. I mean, yeah. it's just it, it is a it is a cool sport. Why yeah. is America's pastime? And see, and that's why I love softball. I'm my, I'm just a person that I need the the constant softball. Or? Yeah, like women's softball, like the College World Series. I love watching that. Oh, yeah. It's it's just more action. And I like watching it when Jenny Finch was playing. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. See, I was more of a fan of Kalani Ricketts when she was just throwing heaters in there. <laughs> my daughter. And my niece, I think, yeah. actually go to her for pitching lessons. Yeah, yep, we did a couple, dude. She, she threw bullets. Yeah, she was bad. She was so bad. Anyway, my wife thinks she's her best friend now. <laughs> yeah, it's the really most pathetic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's not a business transaction. We're friends. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's the most. It's the most pathetic <laughs> name drops all the time. Well, me, and Kalani. Yeah. You know? yeah, no, it is. That's exactly how we it hang is. out. We hang out at least thirty minutes a day. Yeah. <laughs> Then I give her at a certain rate. Then, then I give her a hundred dollar bill and walk yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty uh, pretty sad. <laughs> I'm and not going to trust you guys. Carly is friends with that woman. It's a thirty something year old woman. Just pining. I will old. not tolerate this <laughs> defamation of character yeah. from someone I respect so much. <laughs> anyway, oh yeah. man. Oh, well. Did you watch that fight last night, Corey? All 40 seconds of it? Who fought? Uh, no. I was I was at work, and I actually contem- contemplated contemplated purchasing it. It was going to cost me 65 bucks, And I was like, man, like, I, one, I might miss it because I could be on a call, yeah. and I might not be able to watch it. So I just I decided not to. Fortunately, I didn't because it was a short one. Donald yeah. Cowboy Cerrone bought, uh, <laughs> fought Conor McGregor again. 
Not not again, but Conor McGregor, McGregor came back. After, what, two years? Yeah. And how old's Conor? He's got to be getting a little uh, bit older. Mid-30s, right? probably. Yeah, oh, okay, not, so he's not yeah, he's old. not old. I thought maybe he was getting out of the game because he was getting old. No, he made oh, his man. money. That's why. He probably spent it all now. Okay, well, it was a short fight. Who won? Uh, Conor. McGregor, big time. Did he? Did he? He he almost won that fight with his shoulders while they were locked up. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he bumped him with his shoulder in the nose like three times in a row, and on one of them it sounded like it broke his nose. Like you oh. could hear it, like the pop. And then uh, the fight was pretty much over at that point. Like you could tell he was shook. He backed him up and then kicked him once in the jaw. He went down and then he just boxed him on the ground until they called the fight. Dude, McGregor's only thirty-one. Really? Yeah. Well, if you look at before he had his beard, the dude looks like he's like twenty. Yeah, yeah he's, and I mean, he was he was tiny. Now so he's pretty now, big. I know he's I know he's kind of got an obnoxious mouth and attitude and everything, but he's, he's pretty solid, huh? He's promoting the fight. You know, he's 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 Muhammad Ali type. Yeah, you know, it's all about selling tickets. Yeah, yeah. some of that is real though, and he's trying to portray himself as being humbled by his last couple fights. You know. Now I do think him busting the the windows with That's the what dolly I'm and all that. To, yeah, I think that was I think that was for show that yeah. got carried away. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. He, I went don't, all, he went all Antonio Brown, man. Started, yeah, started getting out out of himself a no, little bit. But he seemed respectful before and after this fight. Well, he didn't promote this fight. Yeah, like I like you like very unless you were into the the into it. So at he least. got focused. That's probably why it was a forty four. That's what they fight. said. That's what they said. They said he was less. It was less about the promote. He doesn't need the money now. Yeah. So he doesn't have to promote the fight because you know. So he comes in. Now he can establish his legacy. Now they're saying Mastavall's the next one. Yeah. Uh, Mastavall. If you don't know, just type in Mastavall Askren and watch him knee a dude in the head in four seconds, which is like <laughs> the quickest <laughs> knockout ever. Yeah. Uh, so they're saying that those two may be the next. That's probably the next big ticket fight, which is is going to be. That's going to be cool because they both talk pretty good trash. Yeah. Uh, and all that. So. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped, but I, you know I'm a cowboy fan. But he, you know, he's lost the last few. I, I feel like this was almost just kind of a a big name to kind of get a warm up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and might for might have been just for a payday. Well, and that's and that's what someone says. Like they want him to get paid because he deserves to. Yeah, because he's done so much in the past for so little, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yeah. Um, but you know McGregor being back is definitely what you want to see. Yeah. Uh. As far as if you're if you're a fan of that sport, yeah, because I mean he just he just brings people to that sport. Well, no, um, I didn't do that. Is that what you did this weekend? Was that your weekend watching the fight? No, my weekend was watching uh, <clears throat> watching wrestling and then coaching girls basketball. The four zero record yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Josh, moving them into shape, huh? Do. <laughs> I don't even want. My to daughter know. hates me being a coach. Bet. <laughs> She likes it until I'm actually coaching her, and yeah. then she doesn't like it. Yeah, you know, because. But <laughs> it is what it is, man. <laughs> it's different when you coaching a kid that you don't got to worry about their parents. <laughs> oh, that's true. You, well, you, you you tend to you you tend to give them a little bit extra. You got you got to know the dynamic of this team. Yeah, I'm the nice coach of the two. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Like the other coach goes. I mean, he he's a super cool dude. The girls love him. Yeah. But during practice, he's like he's drilling them, huh? Oh, like his, you know, he brings his son out there. Son's yeah. seven, man. Yeah. Son does the drill right, and uh, he's like, "That's a seven year old doing it right." I guess guys are better than girls. 
<laughs> just just makes them want to do yeah. it bad. And so then it? they mess up again. He's like, "You're the worst." Yeah. You know that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. and, and, and they respond a, well to it, right? Yeah. They well, yeah. They, he, he's he's created that rapport with them, so you know it's not disrespect. Yeah. yeah no, he's, it's, he's, he's just he's, not being he's just trying to challenge you. He's not being me. He's always yeah. though the first one to talk to him and like yeah. be cool with him and all that. I don't too, know so. why some parents don't get that. You he know? tells me I'm too nice. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, listen, man. You know, I'm some s- coaches cross the line. Though. I'm like, listen, dude. I'm six five. Like, I'm probably the biggest guy these girls know. Yeah. Like, you go, you go around, and turn on the mean. It might actually. Yeah, that's them. what I'm saying. It might. It like, I'm already intimidating enough. Last thing I need to do is like, <laughs> like be, got Sasquatch over exactly. here yelling at me. Dribble the ball. And that's the thing, man. I'm when I'm yelling at them. It's not that I'm yelling at them because I'm angry. I'm yelling yeah. at them so they hear me. Because then we're on a basketball court. You yeah. know what I mean. And so I'm telling them to switch. So, you, but you have to yell them because you know I can't go on the court or anything like that. So yeah, that's the only reason I'm yelling. It's not because I'm mad. Yeah. It's just the only way you can hear me is if I yell at you. Yeah, because you know you got me and and him coaching, but then you got parents trying to tell them what to do. Yeah, which this team's not that bad, but that gets on my nerves. Like, yeah, hey man, if you want to coach your kid. Sign up and coach your kid. You ever like pull that? You know, like some of y'all think y'all don't have to play defense. I don't want to name any names because Jim might get mad. <laughs> no. You ever pulled that one? No. I had a coach do that to a kid one time. He goes, <laughs> he goes. Yesterday, he goes, hey guys, man, just just get in there, have fun. He goes, y'all are, y'all are just. I guess y'all are playing basketball. He goes, none of y'all have really done anything cool, so just just get in there and do something cool. Yeah. You know, do something where I'm like, that was cool. I, I enjoyed watching that. And yeah. I went, hey, guys, traveling's not cool. And that's all y'all been doing is <laughs> <just> traveling. <laughs> you know. Oh. Yeah, it's frustrating too, man. Yeah. I My wife sent me something that essentially said guys play the sport so they feel good about themselves. Girls have to feel good about themselves to play the sport, hmm. which is a completely different mindset. If You know, two male athletes – you know, coaching these girls, and that's you know, the one of those things that you you're kind of like, dude, they literally finish this game, and then they start talking about spending the night with each other, doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, we used to do that as kids. Yeah, but you I and mean, we I, had a couple that were kind of crybabies. They, but I'm just saying, when you finish the game, like you lose a lose a game, or they'd be like, they'd have like the last shot, and they miss. <laughs> but as but as a dude, you still the the game affected you like, throughout on, the man. day. You know what I mean? Even if even if you didn't really take it that seriously, it yeah. still affected you to a degree. I don't know. I wasn't athletic. Things didn't affect me. So <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking, like, man, you know, I wish I was athletic, but since I'm not. I'm going to get through this game, and then I'm going to see if any of these dudes want to come over and play Super Mario World. So, yeah. That was kind of my thing. I mean, you're a girl. <laughs> well, <laughs> fine. Whatever, man. Yeah. You play sports I, like a girl. I'm a girl. I identify as a man, though. So, <laughs> you, it's 2020. I can well, do what I want. Let's just say this. You play sports like a girl. <laughs> That's whatever. I don't care. I like softball, so. <laughs> <laughs> Strike two. <laughs> no, but. Well, it's anyway. okay. I have to have confidence to play the sport. I've got all the confidence <laughs> I need. <laughs> I'm checking all the boxes, man. I'm yeah, good. <laughs> no, it's a, it's it's just it really is different. Uh, it, yeah. here's it is. A, and this, he and I had this conversation about girls basketball. Yeah, is like he and I before we ever played a lick of organized basketball. Yeah, we knew how to play basketball. 
Because you just go to your neighbor's house who had a hoop and you just sat there and played. I'm going to say you're wrong on that because... But we knew how to dribble. We knew what traveling was. We knew how to pass. We knew how to somewhat shoot. You know what I mean? I guarantee you did it extremely lacking fundamentals. Like, your passes were probably horrible passes. Your dribbling was probably... But there was still... Anyone with any bit of skill would have come and worked y'all. No, but... Well, yeah, of course. Like a kid who had played any organized sports whatsoever. No, I agree. No, Even no, no, if he no, was no. Less, less athletic, would have worked y'all. No, I agree 100%. But my point is, is like, I still knew that you had to put the ball on the ground to... You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You meant like knew the rules? I knew the rules. I knew the I knew the premise of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... and, and See, I think that's the problem with guys. I, I, I get so mad with, uh, you know... Like kids, you take a you take a bunch of boys. You're trying to teach them how to play basketball, and all they do is fly around trying to mimic things they've seen other people do. Right, and and they they think they're doing a good job, and they think they're doing it well. And I'm like, okay, you know what you've successfully done? You successfully looked really stupid, missing every shot you've taken, and throwing really, really bad passes. Right. Okay. And but- and so and so what I get aggravated with because one thing I appreciate about you will very rarely in any level of girls basketball see a girl take a shot that's not set because they set to take their shoot their shot every time. No. It is so hard to get a boy to realize that he needs to have his feet shoulder width apart and he needs to set his feet square up and take a shot and that his percentage will go up exponentially. Ugliest shots I've seen are on this girls basketball team. They're not setting up? No. That's on y'all, coach. The, you know, that's what we have been. Like That's <laughs> what we're trying to say, but... But My generally, you is, see is, that. Like, even in the NBA, there's a lot of guys they've gotten really good at su- shooting an unset shot. But yeah, it's ridiculous no, how many of them don't realize, like, look, look like, no, you're a I, phenomenal athlete. If you would set your feet and square up, you would make 40% versus 100% your 20. I agree, dude. If you like fundamental basketball, yeah, like legitimate fundamental basketball, the way Naismith intended to be played, women's basketball is probably the best best place to find it yeah well no i don't i'm not saying now i'm not gonna go there i really i'm just saying there is basketball is fine i don't mind watching it i'm just saying they are more fundamental than guys 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 can compensate for lack of fundamentals with athletic ability well they just out athlete each other yeah that's my point yeah so whereas in girls you can't you really don't have that out athlete yeah, you I'm know. just gonna I'm just gonna be bigger, stronger, faster than you, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna be able to stop me because of that. Right. You know, girls, you know, are more fundamental, and it's just the. But when you take one of those guys, and he also has fundamentals, he's Tim Duncan. a dominating force. Tim Duncan. Yeah, that's my point, though. But my point is, you can make it to the NBA on athleticism alone. Yeah. If you if you can jump out the, I mean, you can jump out the. But all your LeBrons and Michael Jordans and, you know, all these other guys, you know, they use fundamentals. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just as a whole. I'm talking about the whole sport. Just across the board. Yeah. You're going to have. The only person who I've ever seen refuse to use fundamentals is Russell Westbrook. And, you know, his out-athleticing everybody, you know. Sean Kemp. It has its, it has its. You know, it has its limitations, and that limitation is the first round, unfortunately. But look at Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp could jump out the roof. Oh, yeah. As soon he as was, he couldn't jump out the roof, yeah, he was done. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. You, you know what Westbrook's lost? We've been talking about this. Uh, he used to be money with that pop-up jumper. He would stop on a dime. It looked like he, was a, he would back his defender up because he would charge so hard they knew they had to get back. And then he could somehow just stop on a dime, pop straight up in the air, and he was just money, and it was like a little little jumper, and that is just gone. 
I don't I don't know what happened because usually a, a player as they get older and start to lose a little athletic ability, you know, like your Kobe's and your Jordans and all that. That's really the that mid range is kind of where they they start getting money. And Westbrook went from being money to man his his percentage is falling man, off. That might be his team, dude. No, it was here and it's in. You know. <clears throat> fell off here. Yeah, it fell off here. Yeah, maybe it's the knee injuries. It could be. We we wondered if it's not like something else too, uh, like a like an injury that like to a shoulder or an elbow or something like yeah, that. Things can affect your shot, but yeah, that's really been uh that's really been something that, that's been sad to see go away because that was his money shot. Anyway, so. that yeah, that's the hardest thing about coaching these girls is you have to with what I came in to bas- organized basketball with, yeah. you have to you have to back it up past that. You yeah. know what I mean? And start well. with Well, in the in the theme of of teaching girls, uh trying to teach Josie how to uh, help daddy. She likes to help daddy. If I'm working uh-huh. or doing anything, she comes straight over and she's my little helper, which of course she's two. So she's, you know, terrible at it, but well, she knows the difference between a Phillips head and a flathead. Well, the, <laughs> so I'm putting this dishwasher together. We got a dishwasher on Saturday and I go to install this thing and I've got it, you know, laid over in the floor and she's kind of doing her own thing. But then she just comes in there and she just starts like grabbing tools and stuff. So I was like, all right, well, I'll get her involved, and I'll teach her a few things, even though she's pretty little. So she had a tape measure in her hand. I said, all right, hand me the tape measure. And she handed me the tape measure, and I acted like I was using it. And I said, okay, thank you, and I handed it back to her. And she set it down, and she picked up something else. And I was like, okay, hand me that screwdriver, because she would picked up a screwdriver. So she hands it to me, and then I act like I'm using it, and then I hand it back to her. So I was like, all right, now she knows that her job is to stand behind me and hand me the tools I asked for. Right. Because at first she was trying to get in front of me in the way, you know. So I was like, all right, you know, we've – I've got her behind me, and she knows that her job is to hand tools over to me. That's great. Well, then she ended up with the tape measure and the screwdriver in her hands. And I'm like, uh-oh. Now I've got to call the one I need, and she's got to know which one's which. So I was like, okay, hand me the screwdriver. And she hands me the tape measure. And I was like, ah, that's the tape measure. And hand me the screwdriver. I said, it's right there, and I point to it. And, of course, just like anything, when you point, they don't see what you're pointing at. They see the thing behind what you're pointing mm-hmm. at. And, man, she picked up a piece of styrofoam. She picked up a piece of cardboard. She picked up everything and finally had to kind of, like, grab the screwdriver and everything. But, you know, it's a, it was a it was a fun little thing. But then I'm like, okay, Daddy has to go use the restroom. So come in the living room. Get away from the from the tools and from the, the dishwasher. And uh, you, you sit here and play, and, and Daddy's going to go to the restroom. So I go in the restroom, and I know more. Get in the door and, and start. You're the power saw. <laughs> <laughs> no power saw. She has grabbed a wrench and is just whooping a mess out of our new dishwasher, just banging on it, man. I'm like, oh, and of course, you know, I'm like, can't just stop, you know. So I get finished and I go in there. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I'm like, you know, you need to, you need to stop that. You know, you're good. So she put a little, she put a couple little sweet dents in it, but uh, you're always supposed to do that at the store. <laughs> 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 but this is the same child that uh we just got through um about a week ago we had to take her to uh the urgent care uh Brittany picked her up from daycare and she was kind of like like kind of sniffing kind of weird and you could tell like she wasn't able to you know get anything through her nose and Brittany said are you okay and uh she said yeah and usually like well like will you have something in your nose and she'll you know be like yeah boogers you know or something anyway she goes yeah cashews I'm like oh man so Brittany looks and sure enough, cashew right up the nostril, man. Nice. I mean, in there. And they tried to get tweezers and couldn't get it out. So they take Josie in 
and uh, get her into the urgent care. And sure enough, they get these long special tweezers and uh, they stick these tweezers up her nose and they pull out this cashew that's been nibbled on, of course. Looks like a little mouse has been nibbling on it. But then the lady looks. There's another one up there. She's actually been stacking these things, apparently. She's got one jammed way up there that they can't get to. And do you know how they get those out? She pulled the oxygen tube off the wall, stuck it up the other nostril, and just cranked it all the way up and just shot it out. Just blew the cashew out. And uh, anyways, Josie was fine. You know, it, it didn't hurt her or anything. But then they sent us home with that, that slip of paper. You know, it's kind of like the cone of shame for your dog. It's that slip of paper that says what to do when your child puts something <laughs> up their nose. <laughs> so we we got was the it little, cool. We Is got it? the we got the little page of shame. So I'm, I'm thinking about framing it and putting it on the wall. Was it as cool as it sounds? What's that? Blowing that cashew out the other nostril. Well, I wasn't there. Brittany had to do all this on her uh, own. She didn't film it. No, no. So, <laughs> oh, I wanted them to keep the cashew because <laughs> apparently she had. So what she did was she nibbles on them and then she like saves it for later. So she just stuck it up her, her nose. She, we've had issues with her trying to put things in her ears. I started calling them her head pockets because she kept trying to stick like goldfish <laughs> and all kinds of things in there. Head pockets. Yeah. That's pretty good. So anyways, but now she's getting, she's getting at a pretty fun age, but you got to really watch her. I mean, you can't turn your back for five seconds. She's, you know, no, they're going to be doing some, you know, I think two and three is that age where it blows you away because they go from not being able to get around too great to it seems like they're running almost immediately. Yeah, no, I I love it when parents are like, oh, they're so easy. I'm like, yeah, wait till they start walking. Yeah. And I mean, because they get away from you quick. Yeah. I mean, real fast. Then you take them somewhere like the mall or something like that in a stroller and they want to get out of the stroller. Mm -hmm. So you take them out and then they're. Yeah. hiding in the clothes racks and, and all that, that stuff that, another thing you know like at church you know we'll let her run around because it's a pretty controlled environment and everything but yeah well i say that yeah there <laughs> so, are a lot of kids running around a lot, say, of, man, a lot of kids headbutting each other and, i think you're misleading people with yeah, the word controlled yeah, yeah. <laughs> controlled chaos but um but yeah you know uh you do you still you know you see people who you know they'll, they'll have like a, a group of kids with them and you know the kids are kind of wandering around because they're old enough to walk. And I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't think I could have three kids walking around a store like without losing one. I, I guarantee you I would turn around and one be gone. Just they started doing something else, you know. So I feel for parents that have to keep their eye on that many kids. Yeah, it's not so, fun. By the way, I saw our old pal Scissorhands. I don't know. I think I told you to start following him on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, a friend of his actually stopped an abduction this week. Really? Yeah, a friend of his that has a food truck. Uh, I haven't read the story yet. I want to check it out. Um, anyone that follows Scissorhands on uh, Twitter, go check it out. But, yeah, apparently one of his friends stopped an abduction. So, watch your kids. Oklahoma City, you know, they had those signs about human trafficking and everything. It's try not to walk around scared to death all your life. But at the same time, you got to be kind of careful. You never know when some creeps out there. Well, by the way, man, kind of skis bucket do you have to be to make human trafficking such a high demand yeah. you know what i mean the level of skis too I mean, there's so many skis involved there's the skis that is the reason why they do it you know yeah, the end, you know the, and that's you know, what these, i'm talking these, about these the, epsteins and, the, and the all end, these all these yeah. politicians and the end customer and 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 billionaires you know that that people idolize and that think are so great and they're mm -hmm. actually the worst human beings on the planet 
Um, it's all those, but then it's also all these people who actually make that their business and trade to get these people, those people, right. and then the people they employ to go do the field work. I mean, it's yeah. it's a, it's it's. A, and like, how do you find that many people who are that corrupt? I'm, apparently, it's not that hard. Apparently, it's easier to find people to do that job than it is for me to find people who want to be a surveyor. Greed, man, <laughs> pays better. Yeah. No, it's just it's human greed, man. That's I mean, all it, it is. It's 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 ridiculous, you know. But I don't know. I don't want to go there right now. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, it's um. Oklahoma City, kind of interesting area. Uh, have y'all ever heard of that book Boomtown? No, I think you've talked about it before. Okay. Though. Anyways, I'm listening to it on uh, Audible. I, I'm getting into Audible audiobooks. So, anyways, if you get a chance, check out Boomtown. Um, it really is equal parts kind of thunder, Oklahoma City thunder. Uh-huh. Um, because the guy that wrote it, I believe he was sent here to cover the thunder. And then while he was here, he just kind of took in everything about Oklahoma City and got the idea to write this book and, and kind of collected a lot of information, did his research. Um, at, at times, I don't really... Like, I don't 100% love the book. Like, sometimes I don't really care for uh, his takes on things. Or he seems like he went on and on about Harden's beard a little bit longer than he should have. It's kind of dumb. <laughs> I was like, why did you talk about Harden's beard? Like, he made such a huge deal out of it. But I guess it was a big deal. Um, but anyways, all in all, it's a good book. But like I said, you, you get a lot of Thunder history. But even more so, you get that Oklahoma City history. Everything from, you know, statehood, land run, trail of tears like early days yeah. all the way to, um, you know, the, uh, the ups and downs of downtown and Oklahoma city trying to establish itself. And then, you know, the Murrow bombing, the huge tornadoes we've had, the maps projects and, you know, all the, you know, the, the Stanley Drapers and all the different people who've been a big part of it. But then he throws in people that he's familiar with. Like he was apparently close to Wayne Cohen the whole time he was here. So, you know, he talks about Wayne Cohen and a bunch of other people who are kind of famous Oklahoma right. City residents. But all in all, it's it's a pretty cool book, man. Y'all check it out. And uh, I'm starting to really like Audible. So yeah, Audible's pretty cool. I got 36 hours of Lonesome Dove on tap next. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm in the middle of Annie Jacobson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I say that I've got other things I'm in in the middle of, but we'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. What I'm in the middle of though right now that Aaron Hernandez documentary. Yeah, I saw a deal where it said that after watching that, this guy believes that Aaron Hernandez has to be one of the top 50 worst New England Patriots (laughs) (laughs) of the decade. That's a joke, obviously, (laughs) because he was a terrible person. Yeah, wild, huh? Yeah, and I mean, his mom was a terrible person. Yeah. Dad was a terrible person. Yeah. His friends were terrible people. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Urban Meyer was a terrible person. Makes it. I make, just threw that in there. The documentary. Really <laughs> <say> that. <laughs> That's just my opinion. But uh, they, here's the thing. And, and Corey said he started watching it, and then they started they started trying to to justify what he did mm-hmm. through, and like the, like it was conditions. He had no options. And and I'm kind of. I will say a with, decent person would have a tough time getting out of that without being conformed to it. But you got to be See, corrupt to give in completely to it, man. The thing is, is like the CTE stuff. I don't think it's. This is just my personal opinion. It's not a, but it's as good as any any other opinion you get out there because, 
no what one knows know, it. Yeah. yeah, no one knows anything about it. But I think it's it, it, at the very most, it's a catalyst. Yeah. So I think if you if you have su- if you're a suicidal person like Junior Seau, they're blaming his suicide on it. Yeah. Right. I think Junior Seau was suicidal before that, and CTE may just have been that. Well, provided him with that momentary weakness that, that allowed him to carry it through, whatever. And, and we've talked about mental health a lot on here. Mental health is way way more prominent than we realize. Right. But because just, because so many people are able to hide it or mask it, you never know that someone deals with depression from time to time. Right. People don't deal with their anxiety. You know, we we uh we crutch it along I one just, way one way or another, but like something like that happens. You know, it's the same way with uh with with uh with drugs. I've known a lot of people who uh you know, they'd get on drugs real bad and then they'd get off and they could go back and kind of have a normal life. And others it was like that was the catalyst they needed and it yeah. it took the things that they had that were wrong and it just amplified them to where those things took over i just don't think cte makes you pull up on two people in Roll boston nightclub and and, nope. and Merkham. i don't think it does either i don't think it did for spilling their drink on you mm-hmm. which essentially is all it was i don't think cte has that to blame i think he's just a, he was just a bad dude yeah you know i don't think it apparently this old lloyd now granted this is the the media, uh, but I don't think old lawyer. They seem like wasn't that bad of a dude, and yeah. and whatever reason he got he got murked. He got murked. But speaking of bad people, you want some irony? Hmm. Jimmy Johnson was inducted in the Hall of Fame, or it will be inducted. But he was announced last week that he'd be inducted. Yeah, in the Hall big of Fame. emotional deal. Yeah. He cried. Aikman cried. It was it was I'm, a heartfelt deal. I remember when he was hired by the Cowboys. And everyone hated it, yeah, right, because he was with the with my with Miami, the mm-hmm. University of Miami. You know the team that you now Michael Irvin and those guys; these guys parachuted into the Cotton Bowl to play Texas, and then whooped Texas like fifty-two to thirteen or something like that. You know, and just <clears throat> a bad boy group of dudes mm-hmm. because they were loud and boisterous and and cocky, whatever. And every bit as good as they told everybody right, they were, right. And and America hated him, and they hated Jimmy Johnson because he was their coach, right? And kind of the 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 knight in shining armor, the old Midwestern values, uh, was Penn State. That's the team that that you know they kind of it was either them or Penn State for a little bit. Yeah. And here we are, thirty something years later, <laughs> and Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Is adored. He really is, man. He's likable as His can be. Players love him. Yeah. He's a commentator. Now fans love him. And it's hard to find someone who doesn't like Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Yet, Joe Paterno covered for one of the biggest skeezes in the history of this country. Well, you know why Jimmy Johnson is such an endearing person? He got that from his time in Oklahoma. Okay. He spent a lot of time coaching here because he coached the OSU Cowboys for a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah, then uh, he, he, he came up with uh, – he and Barry Switzer, I think, were both assistant coaches for uh, one of the old OU coaches. So it was Mac Brown. Yeah. But but the point being they is – They all kind of came up and threw together. 30 years ago, Jimmy Johnson was the bad guy. Joe Paterno's the good guy. And now here we are 30 years later. You know, my dad is, has made this comment. Uh, he was a big uh, – George Bush Jr. fan. I, I say was, is a George Bush Jr. fan. He's like, I, he goes, I appreciate what George, George Bush W. Did. Yeah. Uh, the, the son. 
whichever one that is. Well, okay. Yeah. HW didn't really make it hard to be. Yeah. Compa- I mean. But Dad liked him, and Dad said that whenever, you know, because, you know, he, he took so much criticism. And Dad says, uh, he goes, I hope history, and I think it will, will treat him better than he was treated now. And I'm like, who knows? Uh, but uh, <laughs> but But here's the thing. Okay, I get you where you're going with that. But it's like you said, no, 20 know. or 30 years later, everything just is different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything's different. And and it's not that things are different. Something that everybody needs to understand. The truth never changes, right? Why? It's our perspective, our perception, our understanding of it, how we choose to feel about it. All these different things, we change constantly. Truth doesn't. Right. You know, we change. Um and we don't care about truth until it's way down the line. The truth shall set you, set you free. So no, but but that's the thing is is but point is you can't cover the truth. The yeah. truth, I mean, in all reality, and and again, I'm just speaking from people who know. The truth is is that Jimmy Johnson was actually a pretty stand up dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Got his team ready to play. If that meant pair, you know parachuting into a football game and 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 talking trash then then that's what it took you know and whatever motivated those guys he was going to use to motivate them and joe paterno covered for a pedophile yeah i mean that's and 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 for all we know and for all we know joe paterno other than that horrible awful judgment call that he made may have been a pretty stand-up guy but it doesn't change the fact that he had a very horrible terrible judgment call on that but I, that's the thing, man, is like, you can't tell me like he figured it out after one incident and tried to, tried to cover it up. Yeah, but he had to have known. But we're, we're guilty of lying to ourselves and believing the lie now, to not, to turn a blind eye to something we know is wrong. We turn a blind eye. That's, I mean, that is all people now to stuff like that. Granted, it's different, but we got to be careful about turning that blind eye. We got to be better than that. But see, I think Paterno went. It's one thing to turn a blind eye. I think it's another thing to try and cover it up. And I think Paterno was willing to go that extra step to cover it up. So yeah, because on the case, I was thinking that they were saying that you know he he claimed and no one could ever prove any different. That like, look, man, I really didn't know about it. And they were just like, eh, you had to have known about it. We don't believe you. He got fired for a reason. Yeah. That whole that whole group got fired for a reason. Yeah. But the truth is the truth. The truth is whatever the truth is. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Anyway, that's it. All right. One hour on this lonely. <laughs> what? Where are you going with this? It's the CTE kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> January Sunday evening. No, that's it. You guys got anything else? Nope. No, man. Y'all have a good week. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you up. We're out.